0: Welcome to the Win Daily Show. I got a special guest today. His name is Ryan Hodge. Been in the industry for a long time, back in the days of Draft Street and Star Street. If you're a young boy out there, you don't know about these names, but those are the first sites that kind of started this all off for, for both of us. Ryan, how are you doing today, man?
1: I I am doing excellent, Jason. Thanks for having me on, man.
0: No, I appreciate it, man. I see your name across the leaderboards in every sport over the years. This is the first time I really got to sit down and talk to you. What would you say was the first goal you had stepping into the DFS that led you to where you are today?
1: Oh, man, the first goal I had. I gotta dig back for that one been playing for a
0: minute. I, I
1: think uh, it's probably the same same goal that everyone had when they made that first deposit was to not lose it all. <laughs> you know like yep. uh, it's it's as simple as that. and you know, I shoot, I think when I deposited years and years and years ago on like Draft Street, it might have even been, like, site credit from Matthew Barry, like, promoting the site or something like that. Like, I got into this like most people, man. I was a season-long player, uh, you know, had some friends kind of show it, show it to me, and, and it looked cool. And uh, I was creating season-long content for a site and kind of transitioned over to DFS content, and the rest is history.
0: Yeah, same thing with me, man. I saw those commercials. When those commercials came out, I'm like – the shit is made for me. It's competition, it's sports, it's money. It's like they just handed it on a silver platter. And yeah, there's definitely a learning curve, but that learning curve was there. But at the same time, the edge was there because there was no information out there that was at everybody's fingertips like there is now. But we're kind of back in that spot now with esports and CSGO, League of Legends, Rocket League. How have you transitioned during this situation to, to hop into? League of Legends and esports and just run with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, and and full disclosure too, like I am not an insanely high volume player. So, so I think when when we're talking, it's important for listeners to remember I'm not getting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars down on a slate. Right, I might have a, a grand on a slate. Um, so it's not, ins- and I guess I'm setting this up. It's not insanely. It's not overly important for me to have an insane amount of volume down. So like when. League of Legends started as much as I love esports and have played Halo and I played competitive CS:GO for years um I wasn't overly interested in looking at getting a ton of volume down instead what I did is I actually just bought action and and stake from from a couple other guys who I knew were sharp with League of Legends uh so that's actually how I got my action down with League of Legends I think I have maybe built two or three League of Legends lineups throughout this entire span of things. But Counter-Strike on the other hand is completely different. Um, I did feel like I I have, or I do feel like I have a massive edge in this in this sport. I think that there's a lot of information that people don't know one, where to get the information from, two, um, I think this is extremely topical, but today there was a player who was scratched and he ended up being 34% owned in in the, in the $10 for the late slate. And those are just things that like, that doesn't, dude, even if there's a late scratch in a baseball game, for a guy to be 34% owned as a yep. late scratch is just like, when I say late scratch, I mean like we knew that news maybe five to six minutes prior to lock. So it wasn't uh,
0: 30 seconds. Yeah.
1: C- correct yeah like yeah. you had time to adjust and so like i just think that there's an edge in it man and and so with counter-strike i'm uh looking to embrace the volatility that that you get just like in any sport um looking at market shares of kills are very important you see people playing value plays but these guys haven't been positive have a positive kd ratio in in you know the last month so there's a big edge to be had i think with esports you just got to know what you're looking at
0: yeah, it's kind of like the days of basketball, like when it first started, man. Like if you just played a lineup that was clean of uh, late scratches or people being sitting, I remember there was days of like doubling up like for a week or two, two weeks straight, and that never happens. I don't know. I don't care who you are out there. You're the best of the best top-ranked pro in the world. You're not winning 7, 10, 14 days in a row in double-ups anymore because the competition – the bar is set so high, the pricing is so much different that you're gonna, you know, you hope to have a positive win rate, but you're not gonna have anything like you had before. And there is a massive edge with esports right now if you're able to do the time and you have a background like yourself to apply the knowledge you've got. So continue on that path. Now, what's your best advice to somebody new, a young cat that's coming out who just became aware of esports? And they want to start gambling on it, or they just got into DFS, What's the best way to start up?
1: Uh, I think it's a pretty straightforward answer. It's definitely the chalk answer if you will, but bankroll management is number one. I mean, whether it's a hundred dollars deposit or a ten thousand dollars deposit, um, you know firing all one hundred dollars of that hundred dollars deposit or firing four grand of that ten thousand dollars deposit on your first entry, you're setting yourself up for success you know uh you you kind of just alluded to it but like going on a two-week run like a heater like that they they just don't happen like you i mean getting on a massive heater like that is is insane uh in t- in today's contest um not saying that it doesn't happen but to expect to be that one percent outlier and your first go around it's not happening two I think people should play tournaments. I really do. I think, uh, when you are playing these cash games, you are running into specialists who are very, very good at what they're doing. They're playing optimal lineups. Most people don't understand how to build a true optimal lineup and in tournaments, it's very easy to separate yourself from the field. And this is where, you know, proper bankroll management comes into play. Uh, be willing to take those risks and understand that the downswings will be there. Um, And you have to be okay with embracing those downswings. Um, I'm on one right now, Uh, you know, like $2,500 down in CSGO over the last three days. Uh, And those downswings are going to happen. Uh, You have to be prepared for them.
0: So how do you, like from playing every day for the last eight years, I've dealt with defeat more than victory because, you know, you just have to have those big wins to offset those defeats. Now, in life or in DFS, how do you shrug off those defeats? Like, you just rattled it off. Yeah, I lost $2,500 in the past three days, and I've done it. I'll, I'll, I've lost more than that in three days, you know, during NFL season, stuff like that. How, do you, how would you tell somebody to deal with defeat? Like, what, what are your steps to kind of just shrug it off, move to the next slate?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all relative too, right? So uh, a defeat for me might look something completely different than a defeat for you or or a defeat for one of the listeners. Or listeners. So I think it's important to keep things in perspective um, to not measure yourself against what everyone else is doing or what defeat might look like for me. But um, I think if you have if you're setting the right expectations ahead of time for yourself those losses, um, those defeats are much easier to, to handle and deal with when they actually happen because you, you should be setting the expectation that they're going to happen. It shouldn't be unexpected is really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's hard to swallow and it's hard to walk away from when it, when it blindsides you. Um, but if you know it's coming or you can set an expectation that it might happen, it's so much easier to deal with.
0: So now let me ask you a question. Because I know you're a big gamer at heart, uh, a techie at heart. What do you think happens when sports come back? What happens to this esports division of DraftKings and FanDuel? Does it stick around? I know you're going to stick around because it's probably going to be more profitable for you then than it is now. But what do you think happens to the average player, and what do you think happens to the whole market?
1: Yeah, um, I, I actually I think when when you know, the big four or five or whatever you want to call it actually come back, those contests might might actually be a little bit tougher. I think you'll just see a little bit more specialist in there. If people have the $35 or $150 to, to blow on a slate and there's baseball or there's counter-strike, you know, 98% of people are going to choose baseball. Um, with that being said, I, I absolutely think the contests stick around for DraftKings, but on a much larger scale esports this was a small taste of what is going to happen for esports in the next 3 to 6 years i think um you you have to you got to at least make an assumption that companies like honda um companies like coca-cola companies like mercedes um billionaire investors like Jerry no it wasn't Jerry Jones who owned
0: um, Mark Cuban I think owns a piece of one of them there's a lot yeah. of big players in there
1: so, so I just follow the money I guess is really what I'm trying to say when those types of companies um it was Robert Kraft that's what I was thinking of uh, Patriots owner he had a stake in a in a legal league of legends team like um, and don't get me wrong, that could be just them diversifying and going with what somebody's telling them to do. Is no, most, likely, most likely most likely algo, but it's smart money exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're following that sharp money, I really do think that esports uh, is only going to continue to grow. And it's unfortunate that it took a pandemic for it to get offered in the DraftKings lobby. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've been emailing my rep years for. It's, conversations that I've had with them over dinner about like why is this not in the lobby yet? And finally we got it. So um it, it will continue to grow though. No doubt about that in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, I, I probably don't have the passion at at my core for esports that you do from a gaming perspective. Like back in college, Madden and FIFA and NHL and MLB, you know these games we play in college and stuff like that. But as I'm doing more research and understanding what it really what's really going on, I go see my 10-year-old nephews, my eight-year-old nephews, and they'll freak out if you touch anything that they're doing with with gaming. And yeah. then the fact that MOB is a boring game to them. When I drive down yep. my neighborhood, when I was a kid, I was in the street every single day after school playing. I drive through my neighborhood in New York, nobody's outside, all these kids are gaming. And If it doesn't happen today, and I think the pandemic sped up the process a little bit, but I think from, uh, like you said, three to six years down the line, we're going to see a whole new market. And they're already packing out stadiums before the pandemic. And worldwide, there's probably more people playing that than they are watching the NBA finals. I know that for a fact because they have so many, you know, Twitch streams and everything else following all these big competitions. So the money will go there have you started making more of an investment of your time to kind of to look into that situation? Cause I know you're an entrepreneur at heart. Like are you starting to gravitate and plant some seeds in that, in those areas as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, without saying too much, I, I have a decent investment in a in a data company, uh, that will be nice. looking at providing a, a bunch of, of data around, around e-sports. So
0: nice, man. I, I... I didn't know that going in, but as I'm talking to you more, I kind of figured that you'd be smart enough. You're kind of ahead of the curve in most times. Now, let me ask you one last question. I'll let you go. Win Daily to me is more of a mindset, a lifestyle brand. Yes, we're focused on DFS. We're focused on helping people win every day. But from a perspective of Win Daily, do you have a mindset that you kind of go into every day that kind of sets you on a path for success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think you, one thing that I do um,
0: and, I, and I would encourage
1: people to at least give it a, a, a try is when you wake up, uh, you should be asking yourself, what is it that you you need to accomplish today? What is it that you're looking to accomplish today? And the, and the short of that is like, what what are my goals today? What do I need to get done today? Um, and waking up with that type of a mindset will lead you to not only Hopefully, accomplishing those goals, but at least or setting goals for a future day or months or years. Right? You have all different types of goals that you can set, smart goals, etc. Um, but just wake up and and ask yourself, what is it that you want to accomplish today? And it really helps you get in the right mindset.
0: And that's some good advice. So Ryan, I appreciate your time today, and I hope you you know take down a CSGO break that little losing streak. I'm sure you will. I know you've been checking out your scores right now, so. Hope you take down something today and I'll be in touch with you, man. And it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for your time, brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on.